Hello, church. Uh, it's a new normal here by myself. Wish y'all could be here, but we'll get through this pandemic, okay? Uh, hope that you're obeying the government, doing what you're supposed to do. I'm trying to be good and do the same things. Um, you know, this really isn't church. I'm glad that we can be uh, uh, able to do these things online, but, you know, the church really involves, uh, to me, three things for its purpose. The first is to gather. We gather together, and in the gathering together, we worship and we fellowship. That's two of the New Testament functions of a church. A church not only gathers, but they grow. Our Sunday school classes, our prayer meetings, our cottage prayer meetings, our Bible studies for men and women, those different things help us to grow. As we grow, then we'll discover our gifts and be useful. And then there's the going aspect of church, where we take what we've learned here and go and live it outside these walls and minister outside these walls and tell other people about Jesus outside these walls. And so right now, I saw a, a good little thing that showed the empty church. It says the church is an empty, it, it's dispersed, okay? And that's where we're at. Uh, so in our homes, I hope you're doing your prayer time and your Bible study. And so we're going to do just a little Bible study today or tonight and uh and it's going to be out of Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, very familiar passage. And we call it a passage on revival, but it's really a passage about a nationwide forgiving of sins. Uh, for Israel and for any nation that will do this, God says he'll forgive, hear, forgive, and heal. Okay, and so let's, let's start with Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Basically, what I think he's telling us is that if you boil it down in a nutshell, difficult times require a dedicated prayer effort. Difficult times require a dedicated prayer effort. And that's what we're really called to do. So let's Let's just sort of break this down and see what it says. He starts off with a little word that says if. It's a small word. Sometimes we overlook it. If. Uh, it has big implications. You realize this is a neutral word. By that I mean it can be positive or negative. For the negative side, if we refuse to follow God's instructions, if we continue in disobedience, then we're going to reap uh, some judgments that are going to come upon us and upon our land. The positive side is this. If on the other hand, we obey God, as we do as he instructs, we repent, uh, we pray, we seek his face, okay? He, he says there'll be blessings to receive. You see, that little word if is just full of potential, either for good or for bad. And according to our response to what God calls us to do is either good or bad. And he calls us as his people because he says, if, if, my people who are called by my name. This speaks of a relationship. It speaks of us knowing God. It speaks of us having a personal relationship, not just a religion. If my people are called by my name, you see, we're called by his name. That means we're to be different than the world. Even during this pandemic, we're to be different. Where others are blaming folks, uh, we are to live hopefully. Where others are giving up, we need to understand that God is still in control. We need to understand that God says, you are my people. 
All right, and God has promised to always be with us. We belong to him. I think the key is for us to remember that God always begins with his people, whether it's in judgment or in blessing. That's twofold. It's first of all, so his purposes will be accomplished. His will, his plan will be carried out. And his people are supposed to be leading that. We're called by his name. Secondly, either <clears throat> uh, we'll inherit blessings or we'll face judgment. It means that, that God starts with us and then he moves outside the church, outside of those in the kingdom. You see, to call them to himself so he can gain glory. Even in the midst of this awful pandemic, we are to represent Jesus as lights and salt in a dark, thirsty world. There should be rivers of water bubbling up inside of us and overflowing that makes people thirsty because we are his people called by his name. So he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Throughout scripture, we're called to humble ourselves before God. You see, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, pride comes before fall. And I think we're a proud nation. We don't want to do what the government says. We don't want our freedoms infringed on. And, and, and I don't either, but there comes a time when we submit to the authorities until, until they ask us to do something that we know goes against God's word. And then we practice civil disobedience, not violence. You see, he says, if they will humble themselves. You see, James 4.10 says, humble ourselves before God and he will lift us up. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3.18 instructs us this way, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. See, being humble really means seeing ourselves as God sees us. Being humble means being dependent upon God. You understand that we are not dependent in this pandemic for God or for the healthcare professionals take care of everything. God's going to have to step in and heal this and stop this. We need to understand that it means that I rely on God, not my money, uh, not my intellect, not my strength, not my friends, not anything else. I depend on God. God alone saved us and God alone can help us. It means to humble ourselves and realize we're not in control. That's a hard thing for people to understand in our day, that it isn't what we can do, it's what God can do. And if we can do it, God's usually not in it. God does the impossible. Our God is still the God of the miraculous. Our God is still the God who does great things so that just as Jesus, when they saw him healing and teaching, they were in awe and wonder. We're to bring awe and wonder by our dependence upon God to a lost and dying world in the midst of this pandemic because we humble ourselves before him. You see, we need to ask ourselves, are we humbling ourselves before God? So he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, then he says, and pray. And pray, yes, and pray. See, we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to pray? You see, do we do what we're supposed to, to do for God uh, to hear us? The Hebrew word for prayer here is an interesting word. It means to intercede. It means to stand in the place of, to stand in the gap. It means to arbitrate between two people and bring them back together. It means to judge between what is good and what is evil. You see, prayer there means that during this worldwide pandemic, God is calling us as his people to intercede for others. 
you know, we need to ask ourselves, do we see people dying, people sick, not only in our nation, in our communities, but around the world? And does that evoke compassion in us like it would Jesus? See, the word compassion means gut-wrenching. It means that, that it bothers us so bad we have an upset stomach. And are we willing to pray, to latch on to God? See, we're called during this time to be in our prayer closets as God's people, called by his name, after we've humbled ourselves, to pray out to him, to intercede until he answers, to really get serious with God and say, I need to pray. We need to ask, what are we going to do, church? We need to say, God, what would you have us to do? Are we going to concentrate prayer for his glory and for his will to be done? Are we going to concentrate prayer not only for our families and our church? I want us to pray for that. Not only for our communities, I want us to pray for that. Not only for the United States, we definitely do that. But also for the worldwide Christians and church around the world. Do we understand that the church is around the world and active? Many don't have the food resources we have. Many don't have safe places to stay. Many don't have clean water. Many don't have uh, proper medical care. Are we praying for Christian brothers and sisters that we might not meet until we get to heaven? Do we have that kind of prayer life? You see, we need to ask ourselves, do we do that? You see, we need to ask ourselves, are we really praying? You see, he says, pray. It doesn't mean just a casual thrown up prayer. It doesn't just mean a wish list that we rub and rub like a genie on a lamp and poof, God does it. He means getting serious with him to know his will and not let go until he answers our prayers. Prayer there means a concentrated, dedicated effort. Do we wrestle with God in prayer? Not because he doesn't want to hear, but because he wants us to draw closer to him. Then he says, if my people who are called by my name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek my face. You see, we are told in Isaiah 55, 6 to seek God while he may be found. I want to translate into our vernacular, our language or how we speak. See, God has given us this time to find him. It's our opportunity to draw closer to him. It's our opportunity to see how he works. It's our opportunity to reach out to him like a child reaching out for a parent. It's our opportunity to wrap our arms around the world and squeeze them tight with the love of Christ. It's a set time with specific opportunity. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, it's a God-given opportunity that we choose to respond to or to ignore. See, we are not called to sit. The church is called to action. And the action right now is to pray. Do we understand that? Do we understand how important prayer is? See, this is the remedy for the sin of a nation. To pray. To seek God's face. To repent, which we'll talk about in a minute. You see, the remedy is prayer. The privilege is prayer. The power is prayer. The presence of God opens up in special ways in prayer to him. That's what the church is called to do. 
James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, it does good. I used to think, yes, God, but I'm not righteous. And he had to remind me that my righteousness is not based on my actions, but on the completed word of Christ. Because it says he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to become sin for me, that I might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness that God answers in my prayers is the righteousness of Jesus as he has cleansed me from my sin. You and I are in the same boat. The righteous prayer, righteous fervent prayer, or the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It works. That's God's promise from scripture. You see, are we seeking our God during this time like we're supposed to be seeking? So he says, my people who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves, okay, and, and pray and seek my face. And he says, and turn from their wicked ways. Talks about repentance. You see, there is such a thing as sin. There is such a thing as going too far. There is such a time as to ask for forgiveness. This is that time. I think we need to understand as Isaiah understood when he saw God high and lifted up in Isaiah chapter 6. His response to the vision of God, to what God was doing, to what God was saying, was to say, Woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. All of us are sinners. We've been forgiven by God, but we're sinners. We have unclean lips, and we live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I want to say it another way. We understand that because we're his and we belong to him, that we still need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for what our forefathers have done to God. We need to pray for what we have done to God. We as a nation need to repent. We need to repent of our forefathers' sin. Oh, Brother Gary, I, I don't do those things. See, we represent God. We're supposed to be interceding. We, we take his name out of public, but a lot of times we've taken the name of Jesus out of any public experience because it might offend people. It's not politically correct to call on the name of Jesus. Other people have other gods. Well, I want to tell you something. I'm the one true God, and it's my job to call on him, it's my job to ask God to forgive us as a nation of our sins. You see, we don't want to offend others. We've gotten so used to abortion on demand that we no longer think of it as a moral problem. We think of it as a woman's right to control their own bodies. I don't want women to be damaged in any way, but you understand that the moral dilemma is this. Is it right for our nation to kill over a million babies a year through the process of abortion strictly because of birth control? Well, what if somebody was raped? What if it's incest? What if it's a, a deformed child? If you look at the statistics, less than 1% of abortions are done for that reason. That means 99% are done for another reason, convenience. This baby will inconvenience me. You see, there's something wrong with the nation. We have blood on our hands, but it's not just that. Sex rules our airwaves. People are hooked on sex. We have people that are hooked on pornography. We have marriages disintegrating because of it. We have uh, ignored the plight of those who are trafficked as human beings. That just means they're made slaves, perform sex acts, do other things. They're sold and bought in a land that's supposed to be free. 
And our resources as a nation aren't going to help these problems. Rather, they just sort of sweep them under the rug. To me, that is so depressing. I don't want to go on. I could list more things and more things. How we raise up the sports star, sports people. Everybody's more concerned about all the sports being canceled than all the people dying and how bad this could get. There's something wrong with a nation like that. There's something wrong with me because I'm one of them sports nuts. I'm one of those guys that likes to socialize. Oh, God forgive me. God forgive us. But you think, if that depresses us, how does, again, Isaiah 6, how does a holy, holy God feel about our nation, feel about our church, feel about me personally? Oh, God, forgive me where I have failed you. Oh, my, what a remedy for the people's sins. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, there's the promise, then. See, after we've met that criteria of prayer, you see, it's, it's based on dedicated prayer efforts. It's, it's God's response to humility. It's God's response to prayers. It's, it's God's response to our hearts longing for him. It's God's response to repentance. He says, then I will hear, you hear that, hear from heaven? I will forgive their sin and heal their land. What a promise. What a promise of the blessings based on our doing these things. Oh, it's good news. So first of all, God will hear from heaven. What a privilege. Not just to pray, not just to do that, but to know that he is answering those prayers. Because First John says, we know if he hears us, we have what we've asked for. Oh my goodness. God can gain glory through this. God can be exalted. He can stop this pandemic if we'll pray. Turn from our wicked ways and repent. He'll hear us from heaven. Then he says he will forgive. He'll forgive our sin. Wash clean by the blood of the lamb. Wash clean by Jesus. Wash clean as Isaiah was when the uh, altar, the tongs with the coal from the altar touched his lips. His sin was forgiven and his iniquity was covered. Jesus did that for us. And then Isaiah could stand in that congregation, that heavenly host, and listen to God and praise God. And that will be us. And then he will heal. There's so many people that need healing in our land, physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. Uh, they're lonely. They're depressed. We have so many right now that suffer mental illness. And let me assure you that right now in their isolation, it's worse than it's ever been. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray for those on the front line, our nurses and doctors, our firemen, our, our policemen, all those. We need to pray for our military, our missionaries. You see, God will heal physically, but he also says he'll heal our land. Oh, for a fresh breath of the Spirit to sweep our land. And that's not to just do like we've done in the past through various hurricanes and tornadoes and fires and floods and, and stock market crashes and 9-11 and, and wars. And we were upset for just a little while and then we expect everything to go back to normal. Church, we should never settle for normal. We should never settle for anything less than God's will. We should never settle for anything less than touching God's heart with our prayers. So he'll heal our 
plan. I need him to touch my heart. I need him to help my, me because these days of being alone are not good things for me. Maybe not for you either, but God help us. As we close today, remember that we're putting on a prayer list on the Facebook page and the group page, okay? Remember to pray over these people. But don't limit your prayers to just this. Remember our state. Remember our country. Remember worldwide. Our missionaries. Remember our military. Remember doctors, nurses, first responders, EMTs, policemen, firemen, those that are dealing with this on such a critical level. Remember those that work in the airports that are still trying to conduct business that so many of our TWA workers are sick with this virus. So many are dying. I'm going to lead us in prayer at this time. And then we'll close out and we'll be done. Well, let's approach the Father. Father God, thank you that because of Jesus, you're with us and never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. Thank you that you knew this was going to happen. And in your grace, you allowed it to happen so that we might grow closer to you. You also allowed it to happen so that people might call out to you and some might find you as Lord and Savior. It's another one of your great mercies as you call to your people to come home. Be with those that are working with this pandemic. Protect them, watch over them and their families. Protect our church family and our families. Protect our leaders. Be with our nation. Stop this pandemic. It gets worse every day. Lord, stop the pandemic of the other things, the sin that so easily besets us as a nation. Your word tells us that sin is a reproach to any people. But Lord, faith in you, following you, righteousness exalts a nation. Help us to turn back to you. Start in my heart, Lord, where I've grown cold, where I've grown numb, where I just don't know if it'll ever change and I get to where I don't care. Forgive me for that. Let me see people as Jesus sees people. Let me help them as he would help them. Make my heart tender before you so that I can grow, so that when we gather, we can grow and we can go. And Father, be with our church and help us do that. I pray for these on our list. Some are lost and they need to come to know you. And Father, reveal yourself to them during this time. Let them understand now's the time. They need to get it right. Father, many are suffering cancer and various illnesses, and there's so many serious decisions, surgeries they're facing. And Father, would you be with them and place your healing hand upon them? Others have family problems. Lord, some are unspoken problems. They're suffering silently. Would you minister to them as only you can? Father, through all that you do, let us be grateful and have a heart of gratitude. Lord, we thank you for answering our prayers. We thank you for who you are. I praise you because you alone are deserving of praise. In the midst of this pandemic, your presence with us is with us. Your power is available to us. And Lord, your practicality, your guiding hand, your purposes will be done if we grab a hold of you in prayer. So Father, bless this church. Bless our community, bless our nation, bless our world.
by coming to know you in a deeper way. These things I pray in Christ Jesus' precious name. Amen. Have a good afternoon or evening, church. Have a good day tomorrow. Do what we're supposed to do. Stay away from folks. I love you. Bye.